Hey Secreters. So today is Alternate Theory Thursday. I know I mentioned this week that we were going to talk a little bit about some other cities that have been kind of considered or kind of looked over a little bit um, or flat out rejected just so that we can make sure we can rule them out or maybe in. I picked St. Louis this week because it's been kind of a hotbed for many years in the secret world as far as its, uh, you know, legitimacy and its clues. So when I began really looking into St. Louis and seeing um, the emails that Byron had um, corresponded with Johan at that time in the early aughts of 2000 two, three, four, something like that. Uh, it really began to strike me that I, we have really no premise to understand how these people were emailing Byron. You know, were they getting to the point it was getting overwhelming and they were annoying to him? <laughs> Not that I could really see him be completely annoyed um, from the personality that I'm learning about him. But you know, you could probably also get a little put out with a lot of the same questions over and over and over again. But one thing really sticks out in my mind when he'd asked if there was a cask in St. Louis and Byron's response was there is a cask in St. Louis, put a D at the end of St. Louis. And some people have said, oh, you know, it's a typo, that kind of thing. But, you know, Byron was a communications major. And yes, while typos can be placed here or there, but there's also typos in the secret book. And so to me, that was another clue of Byron's wordplay and doublespeak. So you can say one thing, but you mean another. So the fact that he says there is a cask in St. Louis to Johan is something that needs to be explored because other people he have said there is treasure there, but he didn't say there is a cask there. And sometimes I think people overlook that wordplay. And I think it's something that we should at least take a gander at and see how it all fits. And people would say, well, why would Byron pick St. Louis? Well, there's a lot of reasons. So let's just start off with the fact that St. Louis is uh, named after King Louis IX. We know that King Louis IX was canonized, became a saint, considered a very pious king, uh, would wash the feet of the less fortunate, let's say, peasantry of his kingdom and invite them to stay in the palace and tried to care for his people, except for Jewish people. So King Louis would cut the tongues out of Jewish people's mouths and or uh, banish them or worse, torture and kill them if they didn't confirm and conform uh, and convert to Catholicism. So that's an interesting element when we know that Byron's Jewish and Ben's Jewish and Joellen's Jewish and there there is this element there of the struggle of their culture and I think that we have all grown up in a way uh, in many at least for me from my perspective um, where I wasn't really giving a full given a full clear picture of 
just the amount of torture and mistreatment of not only these cultures, immigrant groups, and of course, indigenous people. So when we're looking at these things, we have to know that Byron's teaching a lesson and teachers always like to say, here's your study guide. And some of the kids will say, well, what do I need to study in it? You know, cause I just want to like skip to the chase. And the teacher would say, oh, you know, none of it really, but you just go ahead and take a look at it and we'll see how it goes. And, and, and you will see how your test goes, you know, and it's almost this play or a challenge, if you will, of a teacher to challenge the pupil to learn more, to study more, to understand, to have a comprehension so that they know the student is grasping the material. And that's kind of the way, not only Byron being a communications major, but also a teacher when he got out of college, it's important to notice the ways that he wanted to help teach people and particularly children. And so, which began his career at, you know, the PBS, Sesame Street, and all of those early forays he had into um, and the block that he did with Jem Steranko, which was to keep kids off of drugs and out of gangs and things like that. And so it's important to understand the mind of Byron and his humor and his wordplay. So for me, um, St. Louis could make a lot of sense. We were talking about King Louis. That's an interesting historical element. You have uh, Olmstead Parks there, which are an element of some of the already found casks. You have uh, really a rich immigrant history there of Pennsylvania Dutch, uh, German, um, the Swiss, the Irish, uh, really kind of a plethora of immigrants. And the French too, right? Because we have the French that settled it. When we think about... Um, from those early immigrants on, Robert E. Lee, you know, famous in the Civil War for the Confederacy, uh, was an engineer at one time. He re-engineered the Mississippi River so that it would flow and the port would be on the Mississippi side and not on the Illinois side. There are pieces of this history that make a lot of sense too when you're looking at the German element, when you're looking at Adolphus Bush and Mr. Hauser, and they got together and they created the Budweiser beer that's there, which is actually the considered now the longest, largest brewing company in the world, right there in St. Louis, with a rich German history. So much so that the Budweiser Company sued Miller Company because they called themselves Miller Budweiser. I don't know if you've seen some of my pictures from Milwaukee, but early on before Miller time, Miller was, was Budweiser Miller and Miller lost that lawsuit. So they had to drop Budweiser from their name. And so when you look through the secret book and you look at the page of the mind boggles, you'll see that there is a illustration there of a woman 
paralyzed by her mind boggle TV with popcorn and a can of Budweiser sitting next to her. And you may say, well, you know, Karen, this is kind of interesting because didn't Byron not drink? That's right. Byron didn't drink. Byron did not believe in drinking, smoking, or doing drugs. He was actually a pretty moral and ethical man, if I can use that term, because it's been thrown around a lot lately, but we need to really understand what that means for him. Growing up Orthodox Jewish, that has an impression on your life for your existence on this planet, just like any of our other religions would affect us as well. And so when Byron would put something like that in the book, we have to understand why, what it means, what it symbolizes, where is it taking you? Because that gets lost in translation sometimes. And so it's worth a simple look into the history of that city just to see why would Byron say those things? Oh, all of these things are mentioned. You know, it is the gateway to the West and it's spoken about in the book as well with Lewis and Clark and, uh, and their expansion westward and manifest destiny. But then you also have, back to the Civil War element, the case of Dred Scott, which is one of the largest black eyes on the U.S. Supreme Court in its history of inception. When a man fought for his freedom to become a free man from a slave and was denied. So when we talk about the initialization of the Civil War, we also have to think about those key critical elements, the music, the French that founded their settlement there along the Mississippi River. These things to me that are mentioned here or there peppered throughout the book are something that we have to consider. We just do. Now, do we know 100% for sure? We don't. Is it worth a look because of all of this that's mentioned in the book and there are all these little clues? Absolutely. It doesn't mean Montreal's wrong. It doesn't mean St. Louis is right. It means it's worth a look. And to put some of these elements that we read in the book together with the history of the city. You know, we know that they had not only in 1904, the World's Fair and the Olympics at the same time, which is kind of a funny thing when you look back in the history and you see how they did the, uh, the, the long run where people were just kind of joining in here or there. A couple of the runners were hit by cars um, on the path that was so dusty and hot. People were passing out with heat exhaustion. A fascinating history in St. Louis, some of some of the great jazz and blues artists are from there, got their start there. We know that Byron loved jazz. We know Byron loved food. And we know that through his friends 
have said Byron loved St. Louis. So why not consider it? Why not take a look? Can it hurt? No, it can't hurt. And as I've said before, and I'll say again and again and again, there are no cities that are confirmed. They never have been in 40 years, and they never will be until a cask is pulled out of the ground. That you can take to the bank. I know some other groups have tried to force people into this cattle call of, of belief, and it's just not there. And you really have to wonder why people want to force you into believing cities are confirmed and in 40 years, nothing still has been found. Are they doing that to you on purpose? Are they trying to get you not to look at other possible issues with other cities? It's questionable. I question that behavior. I question everything because I won't drink the Kool-Aid. This is why this group is here so that we can talk about these things and mention them in very kind ways and kind manner. And by the way, if you say, oh my gosh, it's 100% Montreal, they're wasting their time looking at St. Louis, you can thank that. You don't have to jump in and join the conversation. You can watch it, you can think about it. We don't have to tell people they're wrong or right. We don't do that here. We say, these are theories. They're not solves, nothing is solved. A solved is the three casts that have already been found. And if Byron was alive today, he would encourage you to use the proper terminology for that, which is a theory, not a solve. And word play and word context is important. I'm so lucky that I have such great friends in the community who, like Lisa, sent me this stack of wonderful dictionaries from Europe, from Great Britain, the Collins, the Samuel Johnson, the dictionaries that in America, Noah Webster despised, Thomas Jefferson didn't want anybody to use unless they were only gonna use it contextually for moral guidance because it was created in a foundation of the religion of the Church of England at that time. So when we wanted to separate ourselves from the mother country, Noah Webster said, we've got we've to change this. We've got to have our own language. And I know I've mentioned this before, but it's important to talk about words. It's important to understand the context of words and how to properly use them so that we can then understand why Byron loved words so much and what they mean. Just like when we talked about the last page of the Fair Folk, where we talked about the Severin um, and sloshing through the gulag, the last couple of fairies at the end of the book. Most people, do they know what the gulags are? Some people go, oh, he's talking about a forest in Russia. Actually, no, we're talking about prison camps, internment camps. Because the book, the secret book, was dedicated to Byron's 
Russian friends who were trying to find the light in the darkness. There are reasons this terminology is peppered in the book. And those words will give you more insight into where you need to look if you just pay attention. And this is why I believe the story gets harder. The paintings and the poems will get harder as we go along. And John Palancar has confirmed that too, because it's more about looking at the book as a whole and understanding some of the stories through it in order to lead you, I believe, to where these immigrant groups are. And so with that, we can still take a look at St. Louis. We know that St. Louis has a couple of really beautiful parks. Forest Park, I know, is there. The Jewel Box is there, which is a place I think where jewels may abound. I mean, I don't know, 15 rows to the ground in the middle of 21 from end to end. People say, no, Karen, you misunderstand that. That's, that, that is New Orleans because Sarmiento, that, that's a quote from Sarmiento's travels. And he was in St. Louis or he was in New Orleans that night. And I say, okay, that's cool. But do you know why Sarmiento was even here? Do you know where he visited? He went all over the United States in many places. But you don't hear people talk about that. You don't hear people talk about what Sarmiento saw here when he came to the United States. And he saw that, wow, in the mid-1800s, and by the way, he did become the president of Argentina. Let's not forget that. He was traveling here because he was president of Argentina, which gives us a Spanish flair somewhat. But anyway, we look at the fact that he had said over and over in his notes that with slavery still being here, we were really no better than the mother country we fought to get away from in the feudal system. And he was absolutely right. So when we think about that, we also have to put that in perspective of places that he visited and things that he saw. Byron may have been referencing that specific line from that city, but he could have been referencing his entire visit to the United States, which, by the way, included New York, Washington, D.C., St. Louis, many places all on his path. So when I say it's okay to have a theory, it's okay to believe that your theory is correct and you need to test it out and make sure, and I get that. But it's also okay to think outside the box too because sometimes you may miss something if you don't. And that's the encouragement here. When I went to Milwaukee, Milwaukee was an eye-opening experience for me. Because I believe now when Byron says the three stories of Mitchell, he truly believes the three stories of Mitchell as in a building, as he says in his hints. And he wants us to find the three stories of Mitchell in a building. Well, we know we have the three Mitchell domes and each one of those domes have a different story. One puts you in a rainforest, one puts you in a desert. These kinds of stories may come into play some way because when I'm downtown and I'm looking at the Mitchell building, which is way more than three stories, it kind of starts to sink in. Why does this really mean something? Alexander Mitchell was a Scotsman. 
wasn't German. Why is Byron wanting us to learn about the Scotsman again? Well, in my research from being in Milwaukee, it seems pretty obvious to me as to why. Because across the street from the Mitchell Building was where the old Mitchell Building used to be and Alexander Mitchell's bank. And he printed and made his own greenbacks. And at one point in time, he and about nine other people got together and decided to devalue the note system, which then created the riot. I know some of you may have already read about this. And they rioted in his bank and they took to the streets and they threw out all of his furniture, crashing it through the windows, set it on fire in the middle of Grand Avenue, which is now Wisconsin Avenue. And that was the beginning, two years later, of what then became the national banking system that we have today in our country. Is that important? Maybe. Maybe not. But it's worth a look. I often struggle sometimes with whether or not some of the lines in the book could be esoteric or actually have a visceral, concrete meaning. Something that you can see. Whether it's something that you're supposed to see or something you're supposed to think and know and let that point you in the direction of the next line. Walking the puzzle, and yes, I did do the steps. I am aware that the bottom steps were added later on. I still struggle with the count of the steps because if you're counting one step, they platform down. You go so many steps, there's a longer span of steps where you could take another few footsteps down to the next set of stairs. So is Byron really saying steps or is he saying stairs? Which one are you counting? That's important to notice too, because that's about the wordplay. You think, oh, I'm gonna count the steps. I'm going down the stairs, right? But are you actually counting your steps or the stairs? These things really make you sit back and kind of reevaluate. Once you've been able to walk through that city and look at what you thought from researching online and then getting to the meat of it, so to speak, and seeing it for yourself is really eye-opening. And it brings a lot more questions, which I'm excited about because I like questioning things. And I like to be able to find the proper answer. So... We're going to head to St. Louis here in just a few weeks. We're going to try to have a better walk through there because the weather with me in Milwaukee was uncooperative. And that's okay because I'll get to go back. I mean, I only live a few hours away. <laughs> but, and I will need to go back because I really need to find the rest of the walkthrough. It was hard, obviously, being able to go down into the ravines. There were sections of the bridge that were closed off because they're being repaired. 
So I couldn't really get into the nitty gritty of a real good walk, but I'm gonna go back and we're gonna do it. But anyway, back to alternate theory Thursday. When, when you look at St. Louis and you think about other poems too, right, that you could try to apply. Because, I mean, we knew that Boston was presumed Philadelphia for 30-plus years before they figured out, oh, it's Boston. That makes sense. Yeah. Paul Revere, now it all makes sense. I mean, it all makes sense now. <laughs> but it's got to make sense before then, too, so we can find a cask. And that is where you have to be open-minded. Open-minded to following the story of the city, Maybe the name of the city and why? Does it have French history? Is it French? Could it be Dutch? Could it be German? I mean, we've got so many elements there. It's worth exploring them all. I know that in 1982, uh, there was a very large congregation of people on the lawn of the St. Louis Arch. Tons and tons and tons of people there. I have a picture of it in my files. 13,000 photos of lots of different cities and pieces. And it was an ample place and ample time to be able to wander those beautiful parks and bury things without being noticed. Byron was, you know, really lucky at that time because living in our society today, all the like crazy people that want to put bombs places and blow stuff up. I mean, we can see why the parks are very adamant about watching over people and making sure you do the proper process of permits for digging and things like that. Um, I find it interesting. There are other groups that say, oh, they can't dig because they're too close to the haunt or, you know, they just know too much. But yet there's video of them digging a couple months ago in North Carolina. And I have to sit and think to myself, I can't believe people follow people like that. Like, wouldn't you want to follow someone with more integrity and ethics? That's the question of the day, right? So, alternate theory Thursday. It's fun to think about the possibility of another place. Can't hurt you. It can't, it could distract you a little while, but is the distraction worth it? I mean, you are learning history. You are learning about the indigenous people that were there. You know, in Milwaukee, we have the Potawatomi. They're talked about the early First Nations up around the Great Lakes. And that can't be bad learning about this stuff, right? So with that, I've talked to you for quite a bit now and you're probably getting bored. So I'm going to end it now, <laughs> but it was great to be in Milwaukee. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to get back to the historical society and look through some more stuff. And, and then I can't wait to head to St. Louis to look around too. And then after St. Louis, we may hit Louisville too. Louisville's worth a good look too. We could talk about, Louis the Sun King that Louisville is named after and a weird kind of phobia he had because he thought that his 
rear end was glass, and if he sat on it, he could break it, so he was always comforted around pillows his whole life. Longest reigning monarch, right behind Queen Elizabeth II. But she's gaining on him. <laughs> okay, secreters, you guys be good to each other, and send out your questions, and post your theories, and enjoy each other. Enjoy your research. It's okay. It's okay. Nothing is wrong until it's proven wrong. <laughs> and hopefully we can find us a cask this year. So keep up the good work. Keep up the searching. And until next time, ferry on.